Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, hello, sweet listeners, and welcome back to the In the Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Victoria. You can find me on Instagram at Vic in the Meadow and TikTok at Vic Sauce. And today we are talking about 27 lessons I learned at 27. Now, I've always thought these are super interesting. I've seen them on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, but I've never even really pondered lessons that I've learned throughout my birthday each year. It kind of just comes and goes. And this year I wanted to be a little more intentional. Now, my birthday was back in May on May 7th. Yes, I am a Taurus. But if you heard the last episode, you know that my dog was recently very sick and ended up passing away and while he was sick, my birthday fell in the middle of that. So this episode is coming to you a little bit delayed and I wasn't even pondering these things, to be honest, until more recently. So it's been a really interesting thing to reflect upon and may I say, thinking of 27 things that I learned throughout the last year or two, because again, I haven't done one of these before, it was incredibly more difficult than I expected. So I think this might be something fun to do every year just to reflect upon and think of what else I'm learning and building as I grow throughout life. So let's jump in with lesson number one, which is that embarrassment is a mindset you can choose not to have. And this is a hard lesson to learn and to absorb and practice, but life gets so much more fun when you do this. As somebody with social anxiety and anxiety in general, I feel like I'm always thinking about how I'm being perceived, how I'm being judged. And somewhere in the last year or two of life, I just stopped caring. Now I'm anxious about a lot of things. I'm anxious about a lot of things in public, but how people are thinking of me isn't really one of them. And I think in part, this is from the people that I surround myself with. I don't hang out with people that are embarrassed to be with me anymore. And maybe that sounds silly, but to a lot of us, can unintentionally do that or partners as well, which I think has been a big change for me as my current partner is a newer aspect of my life. And I think I've learned a lot through that and self-confidence from, you know, things happening in public where he's like, hey, it doesn't matter. It's okay. Who cares? Spill coffee all over yourself. Who cares? Tell the waiter thanks you too when they say enjoy your meal. Who cares? I will actively wear sweats in my Tim Hortons fanny pack out to the store because who cares? 
cares? Because something is only embarrassing if you are embarrassed by it. That's a really big statement I like to hold on to in my head for those moments where things feel like the anxiety is creeping in, the embarrassment is creeping in. If I'm not embarrassed, it's not embarrassing. Someone else might think it's embarrassing. That's okay. They can get a life. They can find more interesting things to fill their time with. Life is so much more stress-free and joyful when you just stop feeling embarrassed. Practice makes perfect with that one. It makes sense. Think about elderly people you see where you're like, wow, they just really don't care. They'll wear a moo-moo in public. They'll toot in public. They don't care. They're old enough that they don't care. And I have learned that I want to be that way. I aspire to be that way. So why not be that way in my 20s? Do things that you want to do and don't worry if they're quote unquote embarrassing. Number two is in relationships, learn to compromise, but never settle. And this is not just romantic relationships I'm talking about, but platonic as well. Because with growth in adulthood comes changing of personalities, development. Naturally, we're not always going to agree with or want the same things as other people in our lives. And there's a big push on TikTok, whether again, it's friendships, relationships, whatever it might be, where one thing seems to go wrong and everyone's like, dump them, break up with them, end the friendship. That's toxic. And yes, there are a lot of toxic things to look out for and red flags that should not be ignored. But in general, I think we live in a culture that's really easy to say, well, everything should just be perfect. You haven't found the right people to have in your life yet, which just isn't realistic and true. When it comes to relationships, friendships, whatever, as long as this is with another healthy person who is ready to entertain relationships as well, you will get out what you put in. And again, the key here is ensuring that it's already a healthy person that is capable of providing a give and take in a relationship, but learning to apologize, learning to meet people halfway. It goes much farther than one would think. And I am, again, I'm a Taurus. I'm stubborn. So this has been a tricky one for me. We're all our own main characters, but sometimes we have to think a little bit bigger than that. So do with that what you will. Number three, I'm sure you've heard before, and it is one that is harder to practice than it is to say, and that is learning to be okay with people not liking you. This is hard for us people pleasers and to not take things personally. Don't change your interests. Don't change your personality. Don't change anything for other people just so that you feel that they can like you, especially because some people are going to have their minds made up about you before they've even spoken to you. I especially understand how this feels as somebody with a lot of visible tattoos that cannot be concealed by even long sleeves and pants, where some Sometimes I go into the drugstore and I am just expecting security to follow me. Same goes with meeting people's parents, again, whether relationships, friends, whatever. How you look visibly outwardly can really have a lot of people judging you before they even know you. So who cares? Don't try and change their mind. They can take it or leave it. And that's how I feel. Now, number four is a big one, and this is going to hit people in a lot of different aspects. But that's that if you think you have an unhealthy relationship with something, you probably do. And it's okay to seek help and support. Now, if something just came to your mind, you should probably note that and run with it. This can be anything from alcohol to exercise, different coping mechanisms. And I think that your late 20s is an age where you really learn this one especially because in your early 20s, often there's hardships that you're going through, whether it's college, university, a new job, an internship, an apprenticeship, whatever it might be, where life feels really stressful and you find crutches. So for me, this was alcohol. I have been sober for a number of years now. It's something that, especially in my 20s, not everybody understands. They think it's very weird for somebody to choose not to have alcohol. And this could be on a much lesser scale for somebody as well. So now I'm a jelly cat adult and that is my healthy special interest. 
But again, that can also be covering very heavy topics as well. So if you think that you are struggling with something and need help, talk to somebody you trust. Seek online support or send me a message if you're in need of some resources. I'm happy to spend the time to try and help you find those people to reach out to. Number five, another big one, learn to live with less. I say this for a plethora of reasons, but finances is number one. I am lower middle class. I don't have the budget to live like other influencers do. Influencing is not my job. I think a lot of people have that misconception online. I don't get a lot of brand deals, partnerships. Also being Canadian, it's a little bit trickier and it's brutal out there right now online. Whether it's organic content being posted or partnerships by influencers, there is constantly things on our feeds every single day. Yes, this includes small businesses, sustainable companies as well. You don't need it. You don't need it all. You just don't. And you probably can't afford it. And if you do, I'm surprised that you're listening to my podcast. We talk a lot about living with less, being okay with less because of this crazy world. Of course, in a perfect world, all of us would like to be able to access whatever we wanted. When it comes to overconsumption and trends, it's better to just skip it and your bank account will thank you. Especially when you think about the instant gratification that it serves. You may be excited for your package to come in the mail, but think about the last time you bought something. How long did that excitement last after the package arrived? Are you still equally as excited about that skincare that you bought or are you already thinking about something else that you saw on TikTok? Are you still just as elated about that bagu bag or have you already seen another one that you want next? It's a very quick instant gratification that goes away quickly and when you learn to curb that and push those impulses away, life gets a lot better. So does the bank account. On that topic, since this isn't one of my points in here, budgeting as well is just something that I've learned is super, super important. We don't wanna be thinking about things like retirement or emergency savings because it's hard when most of us are living paycheck to paycheck statistically. I have learned through different hardships that I've faced throughout this year that I have to think about those things. I have to prioritize that if I have even just 20 extra dollars at the end of that pay period, that is going in my savings not for the Starbucks fund, not for the Sephora fund, whatever it might be. Learning to prioritize money was so valuable and important. Even just little things, like I've got a tax-free savings account, which if you're Canadian, you know what that is. If you're American, I don't know how to explain it. (laughs) Think people have said it's similar to like a Roth IRA. I could be wrong. I have no idea what that is. Anyhow, I learned that if I met up with my bank and with the like wealth management people, that even though that number might not be huge in my tax-free savings account, that they can invest that money in safe investments and it might make me an extra, you know, 500 to 600 bucks a year on my money, which is way better than just sitting in my tax-free savings account. Anyways, that's a that's a whole other topic. And if we're interested on more financial talk, I'm happy to do that. But I know that can be a snooze and stressful for some. So I'm going to leave it at that. Number six is the mundane isn't so bad. One of my favorite things to tell people when they ask, how are you doing? What's new? I'm like nothing. And thank goodness for that. No news truly is good news. And that is something I have learned with age through a plethora of things. I'm wanting that quiet life is okay. I can't afford to have trips planned all the time, nor would I really want to take them as a homebody. I have had enough chaos and stressful things happening in life that when people ask what's new, I am relieved to say, you know what? I can't think of anything and I am so okay with that. Also okay to not divulge all your personal information and things that are new happening in your life with everybody around you. Okay to be quiet. Okay to not have a lot going on. Doesn't make you boring. Comparison is the thief of joy, and if you're comparing yourself to all the things that other people are doing and what's new with them, 
you will find yourself deeply unhappy. Be okay with less. Be okay with the mundane. Number seven kind of ties into that, which is surround yourself with people that make you want to be a better you, whether that's friends, relationships, family. If there's a saying that's basically like, you're the lump sum of the five people you surround yourself with the most. I'm definitely not saying that right, but hopefully you are understanding kind of what I'm saying. This isn't to say that you need to hang out with like real estate moguls and investors because work isn't the end all be all. I mean, from a personality standpoint, hang out with people that make you want to just be a better, happier person. People that have a lifestyle that you aspire to adopt. People that lift you up so that you can lift others up. However that looks for you, that is what you should strive to do. If you have those friends where you're constantly feeling drained when you get home from hanging out with them, you feel like you're having to counsel them all the time on their life, maybe it's time to find some extra friends. And I'm not saying you have to drop those friends. There are ebbs and flows in relationships and friendships in our life. Have people that light you up, lift you up, and you get home and you're like, wow, I've got some really cool friends. It really will change the way you feel about yourself. Number eight, and this one is about physical health. And that is to wear your sunscreen, schedule the doctor's appointment to discuss your pain, get the colonoscopy, stop avoiding your pap smear. It's easy to think that you quote unquote are too young to experience health issues till you lose somebody. Know somebody else that is young with chronic illness or acute illness. Regardless of what things are going on, early detection is key. So take care of yourself if you can. And again, there are so many nuances to so many of these quote unquote lessons because I know healthcare isn't accessible to everyone. Even here in Canada, a lot of Americans think that we have like amazing universal healthcare. Over half the people in my life do not have family doctors and it is years waitlist to find a family doctor and that family doctor might be shit. And then the process repeats itself from the beginning again. Understand healthcare isn't accessible to everybody, but do what you can and what you have access to. There's wonderful free health clinics, public health clinics. Utilize them. Look into different government programs for things like dental care. Just do what you can. Stop putting it off. Number nine, no one can make you compromise your morals but yourself. Stand firm in that sense of self. I think this one speaks for itself. Kind of ties into that one where I was talking about surrounding yourself with people that light and lift you up. In general, I think that a lot of aging is just accepting who you are and embracing that with time. Super easy to be influenced by other people in your life, but finding what is true to you and what you want to do and where you stand stand in your morals is something that does come with that time and life experience. Stay strong with that. Number 10, just delete the Uber Eats and DoorDash app from your phone entirely. This is the temptation because you probably can't afford it otherwise. This is one that I have very much learned from experience this past year. It is bananas right now in general to eat out with inflation, but utilize those apps. Then you're paying a service fee, you're paying a delivery fee, you're paying a tip. Again, this isn't a lesson written down, but if you cannot afford the tip, you cannot afford the service. It's so easy to overspend on food, especially if it's hooked up to your little credit card. You're not having to pay cash. You're not seeing that physical money. It's so easy to tap a card or just do your face ID for your Apple Pay. Delete the app if you're listening to this, just go delete the app. If you really want to order food and you've budgeted for that, it helps to take the time to re-download the app, to re-sign into it, which again, sounds silly, but it does take intentional time to do that. And it gives you time to change your mind and say, man, this 40 bucks could be better spent somewhere else. Or what I do now is if I want takeout, you know, to-go food, I pick it up, call the restaurant, place the order, pick it up. Cause that way too, the restaurant is getting your money, not Uber. They do have to pay a percentage of the fee to Uber. Again, that gives you more opportunity to change your mind. Really, like, okay, I'm just gonna go pick up food somewhere. Do you really wanna leave the house? Do you really want to do that again? This all just comes back to just resisting that temptation, make it a little bit harder on yourself. This might not apply to everyone. If you can afford to Uber Eats, you know, your food or you work that into your budget because that's something that helps your quality of life, that is awesome. 
This is just my lessons I've personally learned. And for me, it's not in the budget, nor is it really ever in the budget. My fun money, I wanna spend on things other than $50 to order sushi to be delivered to my house when I could get it for 20 bucks if I just go pick it up. I know we're jumping all over the place here, but number 11 is call your mom more or your grandma, grandpa, kooky aunt, whoever you feel safe with. It will mean so much more to them than you know. Tomorrow really isn't promised. So shoot for once a week to call somebody you love with no distractions, but a cup of coffee, cup of tea. Devote that intentional time to talking to someone. As I've aged, my parents' mortality is something that I have sat with a lot. Parents aren't that old. They're in their early 60s, but they are at an age where anytime they leave the country, go on vacation, or even just go up north camping, my mom re-reminds me of the rings on her fingers and said, this was your grandma's wedding ring. This was this ring from Ukraine in the family. This is where the will's kept. These are the people that are going to help you if something happens to us to sort out the will so that you don't have to do it by yourself. Which, in general, side note, as someone with such fears and anxiety around death has been actually really helpful for me to face my fears and confront the fact that one day my parents will die. And gosh, how much I appreciate them organizing things, setting things up so that it won't be a quote-unquote burden. There are so many people where when their parents are sick or ill or unsure about their future, suddenly... The kids are like, oh my gosh, what have we been doing? We've been so caught up in our own little world. And again, nuances. For me, this is my mom and my stepdad. For you, it could be somebody else. It could be a really close friend. It could be a neighbor. Life can get lonely. Have your people and use that intention to talk to them. Also, just a good way to practice being social and conversations. Talking to different people. If you're a busy person, you can even set up a date. Text that person and say, hey, what are you doing Tuesday night, 7 p.m.? Is it okay if I give you a call? You've got like half an hour. Really can brighten someone's day. Number 12 ties in with my first point about it's only embarrassing if you're embarrassed. And that is that everyone has their own story and you are not the main character in their life. But who cares? One cares about you as much as you do. So wear what you want, make decisions for yourself and relax on that fear of judgment. The amount of times that I have felt insecure about acne or like a peeling sunburn on my forehead and even going up to my partner, I'm like, oh my gosh, this feels really not great. And they're like, I didn't notice until you pointed it out. Think about this a lot as well with clients. I am a body worker for those that don't know. Clients that come in and they're like, oh my gosh, like, I'm sorry. I've got whatever it is, a sweaty back. I've had people that say, you know, oh, I've got this big pimple on my nose. All these things were literally, I am genuinely like, I did not notice until you pointed it out. Because again, no one cares as much as you care, which again, tying in with number one, really just makes living life so much more enjoyable. It's not to be mean or rude. You can still look good and feel good, but do it for you. If you want to go to the grocery store in your sweats, you don't want to put on concealer, don't. Literally, who cares? Do you want to surround yourself with people that accept you for you anyways? All right, number 13, you don't have to have it all figured out average Canadian, and this probably translates to North Americans in general for my American friends, the average person goes through 15 jobs in their lifetime. There are folks in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s going back to school to try something new, to be doctors, to go be a carpenter. Whatever it might be, you don't have to have it figured out. You can change your mind. And this is something I might do a whole episode on later with career and work and how that plays into your mental health and how that works in life. I do have a lot of feelings on it. I'm somebody that was fairly lucky at a young age. I kind of broke the cycle that I was lumped into, which was getting good grades, being book smart in high school, equating to going to university. I applied, I got accepted. Maybe a month before school started, I panicked and cried and was like, mom, 
I don't wanna do this. I was pressured into this because I felt like it was what I'm supposed to do. I had never even been talked to about college. That just wasn't an option from the presenters from university that would come to the school. If you were in an academic university level class in high school, again, I'm not sure how this translates to America, then you were expected that in post-secondary that you would go to university, you would get a degree. And I had applied for environmental science because hello, I was like, I'm gonna save the world. I was like, dang, I don't think I can sit at a desk for another four or five years. I don't really wanna work at a desk for the rest of my life. I was lucky that I live in a safe, supportive family at the time and I still have that, I just don't live at home. And I was comfortable enough to say, mom, I'm really sorry, but I don't wanna do this. And they pointed me in the right direction. They talked to me about college, helped me apply and get late admissions into the program that I ended up going to school for. And I was lucky to fall into that. That's it. I was lucky and I was privileged to have the grades that I could get accepted with late admissions and still follow through with that at a young age. That was also a time that really opened my eyes. There was very few of us. I think there was only two of us in my college program that were straight out of high school. Everyone else was choosing it as a second or third career. The average person was between 30 and 45 in my program. It was really interesting to see. And in the back of my mind too, helped me think like, oh yeah, people can do this. People that had kids, they would sometimes bring their kids to class if they had to with teacher's permission, of course. And again, the moral of the story there is just that life changes. You don't have to have it figured out. You also don't have to dream of labor. Do I like my job? Yes, I do. I'm happy with my job, but it isn't the source of my happiness or my self-esteem either so much more to life than work. How you know we live in such a capitalistic driven society is when people equate happiness to work, when they ask how work is going, they're more concerned with a promotion than having hobbies that bring their true self happiness. I'm self-employed, so I'm not surrounded by like weird toxic work culture, but I hear so much of it from my corporate friends. And again, this could be like a whole other podcast here, but like boundaries. You don't have to go hang out with your coworkers if you don't want to. You don't have to dream of labor. Your life doesn't have to be work. You don't ever have to have a quote unquote dream job. Having life figured out, first of all, no one does have it figured out. But I think a lot of us think having it figured out means we know what we wanna do with our lives. And for me, that has just shifted so much, especially since losing my dog. It's really put into perspective what matters to me, what my sense of purpose is, because Boo was a lot of my sense of purpose. It was why I woke up in the morning, take him outside, give him his breakfast, stay up late enough to take him outside again, make sure I give him his medications on schedule. I am in a job where I help people as well. But I've realized that I need that sense of self and purpose outside of work so badly. And right now, that sense of self, having it figured out is thinking, Okay, well, what makes me happy? What makes me feel calm? What makes me feel fulfilled? And those are things like I've already talked about. Calling my mom, talking to my family, rebuilding my relationship with my mom. That's something that lights me up a lot and gives me purpose. Watching the birds, birding, learning about new bird species. That makes me feel fulfilled. And adult things unrelated to work, learning how to pay my taxes, learning the places that aren't gonna scam me out of an oil change. To me, that's more having it figured out than knowing what career you want to do. Being able to live life where you feel secure in knowing how the system works that we're unfortunately stuck in goes a long way. And that leads me directly into number 14, which is the people who you think have it figured out don't. You only see what they want you to see and social media is really rotten for that. Especially in the world of influencers, right? Those people you see doing their fridge restocks where they can afford all the fancy groceries, all the fancy organizers. You don't know what's going on in their home life. The people that you see that just got a big promotion and just were able to finance a new truck because of that. They also might be deeply depressed in $60,000 of debt and going through a divorce. They might have no idea how to do their taxes, how to manage money. There's so many things and different aspects of that where again, just realizing that those people that you think know what they're doing, have it so together, probably don't. 
It's all a facade. That's why transparency is so important. And that's something I've really enjoyed with this podcast and getting to talk to y'all in longer form content because Instagram and TikTok especially, it's literally a highlight reel of your life in 30 to 60 seconds when it comes to videos or static images. That is a curated collection of what we want you to see. And there is a vulnerability aspect with this podcast for sure already into this episode because it's a weird one where I'm jumping around different points. I'm like, I don't know if this is coherent. I don't know if anybody is going to enjoy this. And it might be a flop. And that's okay because I think it just makes connecting to one another a little bit more human. So go easy on yourself and unfollow those people that are causing you self-doubt, not enoughness, not worth it. Or if it's a good friend, just mute them. You can take a break on Facebook by like unfollowing them. You can mute posts and stories on Instagram. Great, great feature. Which again ties in with my point about surrounding yourself with people that light you up, make you want to be your best self. All right, number 15, your income does not define your worth. Your success at work does not define your worth. And that's just the conditioning of capitalism. Now, we also kind of covered this one with some of the previous points. I just wanted to make this one its own point because it is so, so important to remember. People that can afford to have the big house, the pool, the new car, they are not any more worthy in anyone's eyes than somebody that is living off of disability, needing to use the food bank, or people that are just stuck somewhere in the middle. Income doesn't define your worth. Your position title at work doesn't define your worth. The people that think that it does probably aren't the people you should be hanging out with. Think about how you would want your friends to describe you, right? Would they want to say, oh, well, she's so hardworking and work-driven and a career person. And it's okay. Maybe there are some people that that's how they want to be perceived. But for me, I want people to remember me and say, oh man, they're so friendly. They're so kind. They're so compassionate. They love the birds. Okay to want to be a person outside of work and not to equate your sense of self with work, income, quote unquote, success. Number 16 is kind of a silly one, maybe a little vain, but it is to just simplify your skincare. This is a big one that I've learned in adulthood. All of those masks that you're putting on your skin, probably don't even need them. You're not 16 anymore. And I was a very acne prone teenager. I struggled a lot with acne. I was on oral medications, topicals, all sorts of things. Kind of forgot somewhere along the way that my skin does change with age. My skin, I realized in adulthood, was now oily and acne prone because I was stripping the moisture barrier so much with all these drying masks, acne treatments, acne products. And when I switched to just a Vanna Cream gentle cleanser and like a Kiehl's basic moisturizer, I don't use any serums, actives, whatever. My skin is suddenly the best that it's ever been. Don't complicate it if you don't have to. Again, my personal experience. Don't listen to what I have to say. The bottom line is that what works for somebody else doesn't mean it's going to work for you. If you see someone on TikTok that's like, this is the holy grail skincare product. Their skin is different from yours. Doesn't mean that you're going to get the same result. Save yourself the money. All right, number 17. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. This goes for everything on friendships, on what you want from Taco Bell, on the weekend plans that you're dreading doing. You're feeling wishy-washy about something. There's a good chance you should just say no. And again, This is so nuanced. This doesn't mean everything in your life. You're allowed to feel indifferent on things. You're allowed to feel unsure about things. You want to simplify it? Think about it as a hell yes or a hell no. And I'm just going to leave that at that. Number 18. And again, this is a big one that comes with age. And that's that it's okay to be the first one to apologize. Diffuse the tension. Own up to your shit. Stop being stubborn. So many friendships are put on hold or ruined and grown apart because somebody is just too stubborn of a person to be the first to apologize. Not saying that you should be the person to always apologize because if you're in any kind of relationship where you are always the one feeling like you have to apologize, there is a different issue there. In general, in relationships, in friendships, in relationships with your family, learn to say you're sorry. 
it goes a really long way and it just helps to avoid all the situations where you just feel uncomfortable with people. Get your shit out on the table, figure it out, communicate and talk like adults. Number 19 is blood doesn't make family. A chosen family can be beautiful too. This one speaks for itself and can be a really complex issue for people. You don't have to hold on to toxic relationships with family just because that's your dad or that's your brother or that's your sister-in-law. You can go no contact. You should go to therapy. They will help you with this. Or set boundaries. Those people, we are not talking about these topics. I am not available for you with this issue. I know this is kind of vague, but set those boundaries and remember just because they're blood doesn't mean they have to be important in your life if they are toxic for you and your well-being. A lot of people out there for many different situations where they might not talk to any of their family at all, or you might be the one that's been exiled from your family. In which case, that chosen family is super important of friends around you where that's who you're spending Christmas with, or maybe it's a friend and their family that you're spending Christmas with. Just remembering that those societal norms, the nuclear family isn't for everybody and it doesn't have to be, and that is okay. Okay, number 20, this is what I love, and it's that it's okay to not have an opinion on things. There is something to be said about saying, I don't know enough about that to have an opinion. You don't have to talk out of your ass. I think there's a lot of times in this world, especially with the cultural shifts happening, really hot topics are brought up at things like work meetings, family dinners, first dates. Whether it's something that you're simply not comfortable talking about or something you don't know about, just say that. Just say, you know what, I'm not sure. Say, I don't wanna talk about this. I don't have an opinion. Or you can just say, I don't have a strong opinion, but I respect yours. Or if you don't respect it, you can leave that bit out. But just not knowing is totally okay. And again, in my opinion, I think that makes you the bigger person to say, I don't have enough information about this to really have an opinion or know what I think. And that can be that. And that might frustrate some people. There's some people where they're like, well, you have to know, or why aren't you agreeing with me? You don't have to. We're humans. Our brains can't possibly know everything. Care about things that other people might care a lot about. So on to number 21. People can show up or they can show themselves out. Watch the energy vampires who always need you, but never reciprocate. Know when a friendship has run its course. You deserve that same effort back that you put into relationships, platonic or otherwise. You are not asking for too much. This is a hard one because again, friendships changing in early adulthood can be a really sore spot and sore topic for a lot of people. It's hard to let go of that. It's hard to understand. I find this especially true in friendships in your adult years and just outgrowing them and accepting that and saying, man, you know, this person is always calling me, always asking for money, asking for a ride. When was the last time that they were there for me? When was the last time they asked me how I'm doing? It has to be reciprocated. And if it's not, maybe it's time to reevaluate that friendship. All right, number 22, and that is to learn to listen to understand rather than listening to respond. Being an attentive listener is a really important skill set to have and foundation of healthy relationships in your life, again, romantic, platonic, or otherwise. Often when we are in a conversation, we're already thinking about how we're going to respond or about a story that we have that we can relate with. Because again, we're all our own main character. It's a really valuable communication tool and skill to have to just learn to listen, learn to converse by absorbing and understanding what somebody else is saying before you respond. And it's okay to take a moment to need to reply after, to think after, and to be able to process your thoughts before speaking. In fact, I know for me, at least, if I'm in conversation, I say something that's maybe, you know, heavier or bigger or a personal opinion, and the person takes a moment after, or I can see that they're thinking before they're speaking, I really respect them and value that in a person because they're not reacting emotionally. Thinking about what I said, valuing that, and responding accordingly. And so that is something that I've been trying to practice more and implement into my life and relationships. 
And it's a hard one, especially on those days where you're tired or maybe there's a conversation that's really exciting you. Slow it down. Remember that a conversation is a two-way street and you respect your friends or whoever you're talking to. That you want to actually hear them rather than briefly hear them because you're excited to talk about something. Give and take, just slow it down. Listen, process, and respond. And that ties in nicely with my number 23, which is that in a world of instant culture, take your time. You don't have to reply to most texts immediately. Think before you reply. Do not disturb all the time on your phone if you feel like it. Emails when it's convenient for you. I even like to do snail mail for my friends far away because it's also fun getting something other than bills or spam in the mail. Generally just slowing down and lowering your expectations. You know, especially for those of us that grew up with technology, it's easy to think like, oh my gosh, this person hasn't replied for a few hours. I've conditioned my friends to understand that sometimes I might not reply for a few days and that they shouldn't take that personally. And again, this takes communication, but that sometimes I'm just not in a headspace where I want to look at my phone. Sometimes I'm busy, right? My phone ringer, never on. I'm somebody where unless you schedule a phone call with me, you're probably not going to get me answering the phone when you call because I am simply not available for everyone at all times. And that has made such an improvement in my quality of life. Notifications are off for almost everything on my phone. It comes to work, I am only checking my email during work hours unless you're in a job where you're being paid for being on call outside of those work hours. Having strong boundaries to avoid that instant culture as I call it. This applies as well with purchases and curbing impulse purchases. A lot of times you'll see this with limited drops, right? Especially small brands where maybe they have to order things in limited quantities where they're like 9 a.m. Thursday and it makes you think, oh my gosh, if I don't set my alarm and get this at 9 a.m. Thursday, I'm not gonna get it, which is a scarcity mindset in itself. When it comes to any purchases now, I like to think on it for a few days. And if it's not there in a few days and I haven't been able to really process if that is something that I truly need, then I really didn't need it. Slow down, live a little bit more intentionally has made a world of difference for me. All right, number 24, I should have put this one near the skincare one because it's similar. It's that you only have one body, so protect it. Wear earplugs to concerts, sunscreen even on cloudy days, don't forget your sunglasses. Stretch your body during work, especially if you work at a desk. Get off your phone, read a book before bed to have a good sleep. Prioritize taking care of yourself. Essentially, moral of the story. Number 25. Oh my gosh, we are nearing the end of the list. I forgot for a second how old I am. Okay, number 25. Don't underestimate what you can do in a few years and don't overestimate what you can do in a day. You are not falling behind. And on the flip side, setting unreasonable expectations leads to burnout. What's that saying? Rome wasn't built in a day. Very true. On both sides of the spectrum, again, we can feel very unhopeful about the future, thinking about where we are now, but so much can change in a few years. And again, on that other side of things, if you are excited about a new project or something you want to do, it's easy to press yourself, stretch yourself out, burn yourself out by trying to get everything done in a day or a week or a weekend, whatever it might be. And it's important to find that happy medium to pace yourself, spread things out, just for mental health perspective. And remember that there is time. Okay, number 26. It's not your responsibility to fix everyone else's problems. You can listen and be supportive without problem solving and taking on other people's shit. They'll figure it out. This is such a big one, again, especially for us that are maybe people pleasers, more empathetic than others, where again, we're listening in the mindset that we need to fix someone else's problems or they're going to need one of our opinions. When it comes to these moments where you feel like problem solving for somebody else, I like to just ask people, would you like advice on this or would you like to vent and just feel heard? I find this especially 
especially important in relationships, like romantic relationships. Or if your partner comes home from work and they're like, man, I've got this issue at work. It's really frustrating me or this person was really frustrating in a meeting today. Instead of playing devil's advocate, defending the other person or problem solving, just listen. Or if you have an idea, say, hey, you know, maybe I've got an idea on how you can approach this next time. Would you like to hear it? And a lot of the times you'll be surprised how often the person just says no. That they maybe already know what could have been done differently, but they just want someone to hear them and have them feel understood. This will take a lot of personal resentment out of the equation too that you have where you feel like you're constantly problem solving for other people. Are you doing that because they asked you to? Or are you doing that because you feel like you need to? And I hope that that's one that can sit with a lot of you for the rest of the day. Because at least I know for myself, that's something that I am actively working on and trying to be mindful of because it's hard and it's not healthy for us to take on all of these other people's shit and problems. Not your responsibility to fix. You're there to listen, be a friend. They ask for support or ideas, you can give it. Or if you don't have the capacity to say, you know what? I don't really have the capacity for this right now because boundaries are is so important. And that brings us to number 27, which I was like, you know what? Am I supposed to do 26 lessons since I just turned 27? Or am I supposed to do 27? And then this came to me after a night of scrolling TikToks and hearing a lot of noise from other people. So number 27, don't take advice blindly. Don't believe everything you hear and see online, including this. I'm not an expert and neither are most of the people you see online. Even if you're watching like a doctor's account, a dermatologist talking about skin, they haven't seen your skin. Don't take advice blindly. Think for yourself, think critically, everything with a grain of salt. I just did this episode because I thought it would be fun for me to reflect back on this year of my life, this season of life. And I know some of these points might be relatable. Maybe one or two is, and maybe you can take something from that or it can change your perspective. That's all I want. This isn't a Bible. This isn't a guideline. This isn't a book. These are just words from a 27 year old that you found online talking about their own experience. And that about wraps it up for today. This, I feel like I'm doing a lot of episodes lately where I feel like I'm bouncing all over the place. I hope that this was enjoyable and I would love to hear what lessons you have learned from this season of life that you're in. Now, I'm not gonna ramble on because I'm sitting at my desk right now, I've got the window open and I can see my Blue Jay friends flying around outside and it is about their supper time. So I'm gonna go toss some peanuts, feed my Blue Jays, Thank you all for listening. It has been a slice. If you feel so inclined, give me a rating, leave me a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Follow along on Instagram for more content, stories, etc. at Vic in the Meadow and TikTok at VicSauce. And until next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.